Hello and welcome to Yubcast, your Star Wars cartoon podcast. My name is Matt, and what did I sacrifice? Everything! And I'm Jamie, and you know why they put me in charge? It's because I'm willing to do what needs to be done. That's why you're the boss. Yeah. <laughs> oh, how have you been? Ugh, shitty. I, I, um, I hurt my, um, I hurt my hip by exercising too much. You hurt yourself trying. Lesson is never try. Yes. <laughs> yes. I went for a 5K run this morning with the boy, and I actually felt pretty good after. I bitched. I bitched out after uh, two and a half miles, and I walked the last like half a mile ish, plus like last three quarters of a mile. Um, but I actually felt pretty good afterward, considering like how fucked up my knee has been. I was pretty proud of myself um, for running two and a half miles. Yeah, I've I've been doing like uh, three, four, threes on Tuesdays through Thursday, and I normally would for like the past. I don't know how many. Ten so years been doing two, three twos, and and then doing like a long run on Saturdays or sorry on Sundays, and my body is finally just like, no, no, this this is not good. We don't like this, and so my hip has been bothering me. It feels better when I like I've got like one of those foam rollers when I use that, and then I use some like elastic bands, but it's just. This getting old shit is bad. Uh, zero out of ten stars would not recommend. But other than that, looking forward to the end of the year. A lot of PTO. Yeah, so we're, we're recording this sort of... We, we tried to record this on Thanksgiving, um, but we had to cancel for family reasons. So now we're in sort of the very early of December. Um, and that's where we're at right now. Um, so yeah, coming up on... We're beginning of Hanukkah. Happy Hanukkah, Jamie. You as well. (laughs) And we're coming up on Christmas, and I've got almost all my Christmas shopping done. I got the the kids the Star Wars Anthology game for Switch, which has Force Unleashed, um, the Pod Racer, the racing game, um, two versions of KOTOR, I think, and something else. It's a bunch of Star Wars games. Oh, Jedi Academy. Oh, that's, um, that's cool. All, all on one little cartridge. So that's our Star Wars um, present game. And uh, yeah, I'm basically done with my Christmas shopping, except for like stocking stuff. So pretty fun. Yeah, we've um, like the boy, the boy got something big um, and the girl's got a bunch of small stuff, but she has yet to get something um, like pricey. And the boy doesn't have a whole lot of just like little things. But been trying to like not do like go like go crazy with video game stuff because half the time they lose video games anyways for bad behavior or bad grades. Right. So it's like, and I, I just, I I want to encourage more like like artistic things um, or like outside outdoors sort of things. I find it's hard to gift activities to kids. Right, it's not. It's hard to like say like like oh your present is like you get to do piano lessons, right? Yeah. Or we get to go on a trip together, or things like that. It's very abstract, and so I, I like I want them to have something to unwrap. But 
but in our household, this is, has nothing to do with Star Wars, but in our household, I did buy that little grand piano. And that's a new thing for us right now. And we've all been playing on the grand piano the past month. And I told everyone that was sort of a Christmas present, sort of to myself, but the kids play piano too. So it's nice to have a nice old piano in the house. Must be nice my kids don't. Well, my daughter plays trumpet, but she doesn't. She never practices, so I don't know how long that's going to last. And my son played viola, but then COVID hit, and then he never. He didn't practice like when you're, online school was not very conducive of for um, for band, right? Or in that, his case, orchestra. Right. It it's that hit people differently, right? So. Mm-hmm. Very very hard to. You couldn't play things in sync sync over Zoom. There's a differential delay, right? So it became it wasn't possible to have music class. That sucks, but but I think I think we're planning in the abstract. We are planning a couple of trips this year. I'm hoping we're considering taking the whole family to Nashville for ICC, see the con. It would be. An expensive trip, but a doable trip. Might just drive a, drive the family out there. Right? Yeah, yeah, that'd be fun. Because um, it's a 10-hour drive for us, so we could do it in two days with kids. So we just leave sometime in the afternoon, drive as far as we can get, stay the night, eat dinner, and then wake up the next morning, drive all the way, and I'd st- I could still get there for the first day and get, get everybody passes for, like, general passes for the day two and day three, maybe, and uh, drive out that Sunday. Um, Sunday or Monday. I can't remember when it stops. Sunday or Monday. And then I've got so much PTO. It's fucking ridiculous, right? I could disappear for almost three months and no one would notice at this point. No one would be able to say a damn thing or put it that way. So taking three or four days off for that con. Looking forward to it. Nashville's a fun fun city. So if any of you are headed to ICCC, I'll definitely be there unless something terrible happens in the first week of October, but I'm planning on it. But thinking about that, the eclipse is the, there's a full, a total solar eclipse this year. I'm thinking about pulling the kids out of school in April to do that, but I don't know. I'm, I'm debating a lot of things. I think got to figure out what we can do next year. But like I said, it's hard to gift abstract activities. So definitely, definitely leaning into the activity or the uh, stuff this Christmas and this is going to be posted probably sometime in January so Christmas will be long past so hope everyone had a nice Christmas yeah yeah there, there's an there's an activity planned um, but I don't want to say it because kids are up and about um, and then possibly like family reunion in San Diego not, not San Diego <laughs> San Antonio two completely different places oh man can I pick which one I get to go to <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, San Antonio. <laughs> I, have, I have a really good friend that lives in San Diego. That's why I would want to go. Yeah. <clears throat> well, it came down to, like, Knoxville and, like, that. And, like, well, it sounds a lot... San, San Antonio sounds a lot more interesting as far as, like, uh, um, like food and, uh, like, there's a six flags around, so... And then you've kind of gotten to the point where it's just, like, physical things aren't, like my thing anymore i just want more like experiences and i want to have give the kids memories instead of just some piece of crap that they can play with for a little bit and then 
put to put aside because they got another piece of crap to play with. Like, like, are you familiar with things called squishmallows? Yes, I've seen them. Um, yeah, so my daughter has about, uh, I don't know how many. She got an advent calendar that's nothing but squishmallows. God damn it. They're like stuffed animals, though, right? They're big. Yeah, well, these ones are, are, are tiny. But um, she's got so many of them. Last night, she decided to sleep in her bed with all of them. And it was... Uh, I'm sending you a picture of it. There's, like, no room. But it's just... I'm just tired of... I guess... I'm tired of buying stuff. I'd like. I'd like to more. I'd like to. I'd like to buy their love with like experiences. That's a lot of squishmallows. <laughs> yeah. I also have that same IKEA bed for the boys. I purchased that same like bunk bed for the boys. Yeah, it wasn't really a, a wasn't a bunk bed originally. I I converted it into one, and I. I I, I said that I, want, I was willing to buy extra parts, and they just sent me the parts, which was very nice of IKEA. All right, so do you want to move on? <clears throat> yeah. All right, so I thought this week, um, because it's sort of this is going to be posted toward the beginning of the year, maybe not the first week of the year, but probably within January. Um, new year, new Star Wars, right? It's a good way to sort of mark time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought we could spend a couple minutes talking about the stuff that supposedly is going to come out this year on Disney Plus that is related to Star Wars. And so I figured I would give you a prompt of like, what do you think about this show? And you can tell me what you think. And we can talk about it for a few minutes and just go through the few things that have been quote unquote confirmed to come out. Okay. All right. Let's do it. All right. So the first thing is Star Wars Skeleton Crew, which is supposedly a, um, it's a TV series on Disney Plus. And the only thing we really know about it is that Jude Law is in it. I'm going to pull up the sheet on it. Um, and it's about four kids who find themselves... I'm going to read the plot summary. It tells a story about four kids who find themselves lost in the vastness of the galaxy trying to find their way home. That's the official description. We have an unconfirmed cast list. Jude Law is confirmed, but we have a bunch of other people who are supposedly in it. No known release date. Eight episodes, but the only thing I've heard about this is that it's going to be like an Amblin-style show. Amblin is like an old 80s um, like Spielberg sort of studio where the kids are the heroes of the movies. Where it's like kid-focused movies, like E.T. Mm, okay. You know, like E.T., like how Elliot's the main character and like him and his friends like save the day sort of thing? Yeah, I... So what do you think? So we're getting eight episodes of this at some point in 2024. Um, what is your... We know it takes place during the Mandoverse. That's all we know. Well, uh, it's Star Wars, so it's very unlikely that I will boycott it. Um, I'm a little... About, like, it being, like, a kid-type show where kids somehow... We've, talk, out... we've talked about kid empowerment, but Omega is sort of the kid empowerment plot, and you like that plot. Yeah, but like the... Oh, I can't think of one offhand, but I know we've talked about it just like like offline, just like that somehow kids are able to somehow get into some secret base and outsmart adults. 
this it's is like, the like Home Alone problem, right? Yeah, yeah. We just watched that, and it's just like, ugh. Um, but I just kind of, I don't, I don't know. <clears throat> maybe just because I'm older, or maybe just I'm just cranky. But I'm not a super big fan of that sort of stuff. But it kind of it goes back to some of the original, like like Ewok, Caravan of Courage, and uh, Battle of Endor sort of thing with the guy. Look, there's a there's uh, kids who get into mischief. Even like the um, the kid, in the original Battlestar Galactica. Um, sure. And um, I can't think of the kid's name, but he had the weird robot bear dog um yeah, yeah um so i'm not super thrilled with that but i'm sure i'll i'm i'm very good at mental gymnastics when it comes to star wars so i will I mean, somehow find a way eight episodes is a lot right it's it's more than book of boba fett got and boba fett wasn't even in two of those episodes right so it's a decent it's a decent miniseries. I'm generally excited for it. I'd like to see what Jude Law is gonna do. I keep thinking I keep thinking it's gonna be like the gathering. It's gonna be like a group of kids who are attacked by a pirate ship or something and they have to figure out how to what to do next. Yeah. Right. Let them you know, I hope it's like that at least. Or let them all be like war orphans. Oh, that'd be um, interesting. There's uh, cause I actually just finished my third go through of uh, aftermath, and that um, the the kind of the the orphans like war orphans kind of play a big part. I mean, not in more of like the um, in more of like the um, not in the main story, but the um, the interludes. Right. Um, I really like the interludes in that book. It's probably the best part of that book. Yeah. So it could very well be like war orphans, um, or something like that. I would something that ties it, because it's got to be somehow tied to the main story, but have it be its its own thing. I know. Is it going to be like? Uh, is it going to be like that six pack? From, did you know? That, did you ever see that movie with Kenny Rogers? No. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> uh, so he's like a stock car driver, and he uh, there's <clears throat> his crew is a bunch of kids who are really good at um, fixing cars. So is it going to be something something like that where they're they're all really good at like sp- spaceship maintenance or whatever? Um. I just googled it, and it says, and this website says, uh, uh, "Skeleton Crew is based entirely on Kenny Rogers' 1982 hit film Six Pack." <sighs> so I think you, I think you've just spoiled it for our entire audience. <sighs> just watch the Kenny Rogers 1982 hit movie Six Pack. Well, it could be worse. It could be um, based off like uh, Coward of the County or or Ruby. That'd be a great. <laughs> That'd be a, that'd be a great show where like some, there's you got some uh, you got some old uh, like rebel who's you know s- you know stuck in a chair because he got um, he you know he got hurt really bad in the war and his twilight girlfriend is just going off into town sleeping around and he's just fantasizing mur- uh, murdering her but he can't because he's stuck in the chair. 
Yeah, just making sure Jude Law's character name um, was Brewster Baker, and it is. (laughs) Sweet. I remember loving that movie as a kid. All right, let's add this to our watch list. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Um, Let's keep going. All right. Um, All right, so I think we're generally excited for Skeleton Crew. Of course, it's Star Wars, uh, but we'll have to see how much kid empowerment stuff there is. Um, And if they start harassing the wet bandits, we might have a problem. Yeah. we're just trying to just trying to make their way in a unfeeling capitalist society. Yeah, if if a lot of stormtroopers fall on their bottoms, or or pirates fall on their bottoms, then I'm just like, this is going to be really hard for me to justify, <laughs> and I will totally justify it because that's how pathetic I am of a, a Star Wars fan. But I will, it'll just take me a little bit more than usual. This podcast is a group therapy to become for a. Uh, Lucasfilm apologists. Okay. <laughs> All right. Second second live action series that is supposed to be released in twenty twenty four is the Acolyte. This I'm I'm so looking forward to, but I'm like super hesitant because I just don't know, just don't know anything about it. They are keeping they are they are very tight lipped. Yeah, so let's read the description. Um, this is the one that has Carrie Ann Moss in it, which I always forget until I look it up again. Acolyte is a mystery thriller that will take viewers into a galaxy of shadowy secrets and emerging dark side powers in the final days of the High Republic era. Era, A former Padawan reunites with the Jedi Master to investigate a series of crimes, but the forces they confront are more sinister than they, than they ever anticipated. So this is a High Republic live-action show. We've seen stills with a Wookiee Jedi and other characters. Carrie Ann Moss is in it. This is a confirmed Oh my god, um, the guy who plays Chewbacca is in it. So is he going to play Buryaga? Oh, that would be awesome. I've been curious if if the timeline makes sense for him to be Briaga, the 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 Chewbac- or the uh, Wookiee we see, um, but I'm hoping right because we did so. Spoiler alert, I guess. Um, at this point, Phase Three of the High Republic has started, and it's revealed in the first book. What's it called? Oh, I I have darkness. I have darkness. It's revealed in I have darkness that Briaga did not die. Um, at the end of phase one, he survived the crash of Starlight Beacon and um, Bell found him um, when no one else was looking for him. Yeah. We can talk about that book next week, maybe, but I yeah, I'm, that book. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm barely, I'm maybe like a third of the way through. Yeah, I'm probably about halfway through. So that's why we can talk about it next week. But um by the time this comes out, it'll obviously I said it's already going to be like at least a month later, so probably mid to late January. Um, people have time to read the book, but spoiler alert: Buryaga lives, which is one of the things that people were complaining about—not complaining about, but like, how dare you, Kevin Scott, kill the Wookiee Padawan? Uh, fan favorite. All right, so this acolyte takes place in the High Republic. I think generally you are a fan of the High Republic stuff, right? <clears throat> oh yeah, yeah, I. 
I think it's great. Um, I've been annoyed with it because the Jedi keep on. I guess cause, I guess mainly it's I'm annoyed because it's the writing's good to where I'm, you're just kind of like, God damn, why can't they win? But that's that's nothing to do with High Republic. That's just the storytelling of like the the heroes have to go low before they go high. Republic. Uh, there you go. Yeah. Good pun. <laughs> Not gonna let it pass in case people didn't catch it. <laughs> yes. Um. Yeah. So it's. But yeah, it's because there's a lot, and there and the and it seems like the main character is, uh, is an uh, African American actress, and I, it, I'm, don't want to. I don't want to jinx it because they they're they're good at just like. Um, like like diverting expectations, but she has to be. I can't think of her name now. Trennis. Trennis, because she is reckoned she is one of the the lost, like Jedi masters who left the order. Yeah, I was looking at I was looking at the cast just now, and none of them have assigned names yet. And, um. And oh, and and Yoda was particularly upset by her, by her loss. Yeah, they set it up in Dooku Jedi Lost, and then she appears in Phase One of the High Republic. Um, so yeah, I'm hoping, I'm hoping this is a tie-in to that, and that we see her fall, mm-hmm. or see her leave the not fall, but leave how she becomes the lost one of the lost. Because Yoda says something like that one was especially hard. Yeah. Yeah. So, so here's a question then. If that's if that's Trennis, do we see Yoda in this series? It's possible. Um, I think it would only be like like a s- small amount because it's really it's really more about the um, kind of like the the underside for what what I'm assuming is the. Um, it's about the Sith, and there's them hiding and finding their, I guess they're, um, finding their way um, into the, into power, or or at least them being dis- a little bit more about them and what they're up to during the High Republic. Yeah, I'm hoping for a cameo. I think the same. I think it's going to be. I don't think they can have. I really hope they don't try to get away with it. You should really come on and say, like, oh, my name is Yoda. Here's my species. I'm off to my home planet to see all the other Yodas. The home planet's called this. And then they show a smash cut to him, like, partying with, like, E.T. on his home planet. (laughs) (laughs) Just, like, do all the things you're not allowed to do in a show. I think it's pretty ambitious for them to make a High Republic show, honestly. um, Because it's all been books and comics and short stories so far. Mm Mm-hmm and very little other con- content and they're going straight to live action with it I would have loved a cartoon um, High Republic cartoon show or animated show but no I'm I'm super excited for this yeah yeah there's so much they could work with um, I mean will it be will it be Trennis will it be characters we know hopefully Wookiee Jedi it has to be Buryaga they don't that just 
because there's no other Wookiee Jedi's. Because it's, it's a kind of a, they make it sound like it's very it's a very rare thing. Um. So I was just hoping that they would. Um, I, I'm hoping that it would be like somebody that we know, and I just seeing some of these people like. I don't know, like, it's like one of them, because I'm not super far through the book, is one of them. Um, Elzar Man. That's, are, that's are, less likely. Are some of them Nile, Nile remnants? Um, I would love to see, like, Master Skier, but that might be hard to pull off. Um, and I don't know if he's alive or dead, because I haven't really kept, I haven't kept up to the comics. All right, so I'm looking at the timeline. I'm just trying to keep us grounded. And it says it's it's at the end of the High Republic era. And on Wikipedia, I don't know where they get this information, they say it's set in 132 BBY. So that is 100 years after the High Republic novels. Okay, so most... Hmm. So the humans would all be dead, but I just looked up Buriaga would be about 132 at that point, and Wookiees have a 400-year lifespan, according to Wikipedia. So he would be, like, in his 30s. Yeah. So he could definitely be, he could def- that def- that Wookiee could definitely be Buryaga. Mm-hmm. But it seems unlikely that we'll see, like, Elzar. Yeah, and, or... or Avar. Or, yeah, Avar, yeah. Or, in that case, like, Trennis. Oh, yeah, Trennis would be dead, too. Yeah. Oh, that's a bummer. Well, who knows if Wikipedia is right on this estimation, because idiots like me write in Wikipedia. <laughs> Just... Well, I didn't do this one. <laughs> well, it's a well-known fact that you write it in Wikipedia, then then the writers of Star Wars like um, happen to see it, and they're like, oh, shit, we got to change it now. So you, could, you too can affect the Star Wars canon, I guess, by writing some bullshit into Wikipedia. That's the goal. <laughs> Alright, um, do you want to move on to the next thing? Um, yeah. So, I don't want to talk about Andor right now. If we find out that Andor is in 2024, maybe we can do like a like one of these for Andor, but right now the rumor is it's been bumped due to the writer strike. Yeah. Um, which is reasonable. That's fine. Like As long as they do it, I'm happy because I'm very excited for more Andor. Um, but we are getting Bad Batch Season 3, the final season of Bad Batch. Um, we will review it on this podcast because we are a Star Wars cartoon podcast. But how how are you feeling about Bad Batch Season 3? I'm looking forward to it. I really... Um, not something I think about night and day, but I'm sure as it gets closer, I will start to... I will start to think more and more about it, but I'm I'm excited to see where it goes. Yeah, I think I think for for what it's worth, we had we both had a lot of expectations for this period, this like post Republic sort of proto Empire period, for what what kind of stories we could get, and I think for what it's worth we've gotten a lot of the stories that you and I have talked about for years. At least at least an inkling of of like what happened to all the clones. 
And like, what's like, how did they transition from clones to stormtroopers? Like, is there a story there? Is there something we could know? And I really like that they gave us this vehicle to explore that. Season two ended on a cliffhanger, right? Mm-hmm. Tech is dead. Supposedly, Omega is captured. Emery is a clone, and the Bad Batch are like like Crosshair is still in Mount Tantus, and the rest of the Bad Batch are like, we got to get her back. I I think this is a great Empire Strikes Back ending for the trilogy of Bad Batch. I can't wait to see how they wrap it up, and. I, I hope they put a big bow on it and they all end up at Pabu. Just just let them ride off in the sunset together. Give us a happy ending there. As yeah. happy as it can be at this point. It's a it's a show about a little girl ultimately. So please make it good. And then like let's have Boba Fett in it. Like let's have Boba Fett and Omega meet. Right? Set that mm-hmm. up. Book of Boba Fett too. That's my real fantasy that I'm never gonna get. Was Book of Boba Fett having Book of Boba Fett getting a second season and um, Omega being in it? Yeah, but but I'll, I'm happy if I don't get that. I just I want them to have a happy ending. I want Omega and Hunter and Record right off into the sunset with Crosshair. And if you bring Tech back to life, um, you better explain it to me because I love Tech. He's like the one that I identified with the most, honestly out of the group but I think when people die they should die yeah somehow tech returned somehow tech returns somehow Palpatine returned um yeah I'm I'm looking forward to it if nothing else for the fact that like okay that story is done then we can get more stuff like in the um the in the galactic civil war era and the post Jedi era about clones. I mean, let's pull, like, let's, if we're not doing Andor this year, like, we can take the Bad Batch, like, into, like, forward in time, and, or set it up so they can be forward in time. And so, like, Rex and Cody can show up in an Andor, right, as advisors or something. Right? I think, I think we're getting a lot of this pre-rebellion stuff i would like to, like it to be tied together a little bit oh yeah me too um yeah because i would love to see some clones in the rebel alliance or at least helping the rebel alliance um or at least them them after the fall of the empire maybe they're certain maybe they're super old by then like rex looks like ernest hemingway the rest of them look the same or just old and haggard. Does he shoot a revolver at stray chickens and have a bunch of cats with seven toes? <laughs> I don't know. We went to um, Hemingway's house in like the Keys once, and um, there's a there's a family of cats that live on the property. They have like six or seven toes on their feet. They're polydactyl. That's the term for it. Um, and apparently they were his cats and these are like descendants of his cats and the extra fingers are like how you tell <laughs> that they're his cats he used to sit in the courtyard and shoot a revolver at 
the straight chickens on the island yeah. and they're fucking everywhere yeah so I, I get it i'm like yeah i think i if i were like so talented no one would ever say boo to me um and all i wanted to do is get shit face drunk every day i would sit on my front lawn with a revolver shooting at chickens don't come at me yeah <laughs> Yeah, I was, I was just gonna say like, is is that a is that a Hemingway cat? Like, you mean like more more toes mean more Hemingway? You know, no, <laughs> never mind. That's a bad. Um, but uh, yeah, I would. Oh, that's that's what I would do if I even. That's what I would, would prefer to do even if I wasn't like super rich, or like wealthy or well-known just sit on the porch and just shoot at chickens and be and be blasted out of my mind we can set that up for you (laughs) we figured out your retirement home scenario yeah it'll be vr by the time we're old yeah you're sitting on a vr porch shooting at vr chickens Mm. all right so so bad batch Obviously, we're gonna we're probably gonna spend twenty hours talking about the season of Bad Batch this year. So, looking forward to that. At this point, at the recording, there's no release date for Bad Batch, and I went to the Wikipedia page. There's zero details. There's not even a plot summary. It literally just says Bad Batch season three is the third and final season of Star Wars Bad Batch. It was announced at Celebration on April tenth, twenty twenty three, and no no information it says first aired in 2024 so no details the last thing if we can move on um is there supposedly be a new season of tales of the jedi so rather than talk about whether or not we're excited about this i thought you could tell me what two jedi you would like it to be about so it could be i guess it could be like anything i would love to see um, I, I would love to see like some High Republic stuff. Um, there's there's going to be Ahsoka in there just because Filoni can't help himself. I really hope not. Um, Honestly, I hope he I hope he just doesn't do Ahsoka. Um, but I, I, I you know what I I don't. I, I don't. I don't know. I'd, I'd love to see some like old school Jedi from the High Republic or earlier. Um, here's a good tie-in. What if, if I think it's a good call that there should be an old uh, High Republic Jedi? What if they do Buryaga leading into the Acolyte? I could be down with that. Because you could. There's a ton of stories you could tell about Buryaga. You could even tell like the fall of Starlight with him. Mm-hmm. Right, and show that as a Padawan he was in this traumatic thing and maybe that informs his behavior as a 100 year old adult or 130 year old adult Wookiee right mm-hmm. yeah and then and then you get to see Buryaga and the Acolyte after that yeah let's do that um, but pick another Jedi who else do who else could there be a tale of Jedi about that would be consistent with the first one that they did because the first one they did Dooku a fallen Jedi and Ahsoka because it's Dave Filoni and he has to do Ahsoka. Let's just assume they're not going to repeat Ahsoka. Okay. Because I really fucking hope they don't do that. Because get up, get up, don't do that, Dave. Dave, come here. Don't do that. Don't do that. Come on. Come on. Let's wrap. Let's wrap. Come here. Yeah. 
<laughs> your, your body's going through a lot of changes right now. Um, but no, You've never um, seen Ahsoka's where you didn't have Ahsoka's before. Yes. <laughs> um... I guess I would love, like, I guess I would just love to see, like, um, like maybe like Trennis, Master Skier, or some, um, something just completely out there. Maybe Barris. Um, Ooh, Barris. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do Barris. And because there was like, like, because like the last, because uh, the first season was just it was like kind of like two storylines. Just, um, just multiple through multiple episodes. So, yeah, I don't know. I guess my assumption was they were they're going to preserve the format, but they don't have to. Yeah, that's true. Um, like they could do six episodes about six Jedi. They don't have to do like baby Ahsoka, teenage Ahsoka, and old Ahsoka. Yeah, um, maybe I don't know, like. Uh, it's like color and back. Yeah, um, that'd be cool. Yeah, because like, what happened when like he? Um, what after? What happened to him after he got off Coruscant? Um, maybe some of like Luke's Jedi's. But Balin. Ooh, there we go. Um. Yeah, show 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 Balin as a Jedi, as a Jedi Knight, and then show what he does to find Shin. Do that in animation, because that would be a transition to sort of recasting him mm-hmm. as well. Because obviously, Ray Stevenson is departed, and and unfortunately cannot do anything any longer. But you could have a, I think you could have a really compelling story about Balin. Yeah. Yeah, I th- I think so. Like where he becomes uh, more of a great Jedi, and it's just like he's just like fuck it, um, and just um, and like how he survives, or like how how or or, or maybe show how he order. Yeah, I sorry. Yeah, how does he like survive Order sixty six? They looked at super vague, right? Because Huang just said he went missing at at Order sixty six, like so many others. Mm-hmm. So he was probably presumed dead. Yeah. Yeah, maybe just faked his death and then just kind of like stayed on the outer, on on the outer rim. You know. So he, he got another Jedi's body, replaced his teeth in that Jedi's like mouth, and pushed his car off a cliff. Yeah. <laughs> So they can only go by the dental records, and the stormtroopers are like, "I don't know. It looks like Balin's goal." Yeah. Like, all right, all right, another dead Jedi. Good job. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's actually, yeah, I think that's what I would like to see. That's at least one of them. Um. Yeah. Geez, there's so much they could do. It's a great format, right? And like, I think when we talked about, I think when we reviewed it, I said something like, if this were a comic book, there would be a Tales of the Sith next and a Tales of the Bounty Hunters next, right? But I, I, I'm fine with them doing more Jedi. I think there's a lot of cool characters they can pick. Just don't pick Ahsoka again. Yeah, I mean, we have shoot. a lot of Ahsoka content. I mean, they could do, they could show the fall. I mean, they they kind of show Dooku's fall. They could 
do that sort of thing again. They, I mean, they could show anything like the, the original Jedi who split off to become Sith, or Jedi that's just become just to do whatever. They could, they could definitely like, tantalize with the, us with that sort of thing, because I think I, I think a lot of people want to know that sort of thing. Maybe not too much, because like we talked about, like well, you don't want too much of the backstory, because then it kind of ruins the mystique, kind of like like Wolverine, um, but like, like enough to where it's just like, ooh, you're, you can use your headcanon to then fill in the rest. Yeah, and we're not talking, we're not going to discuss any of the rumored movies today, like the super old, like going back to the origin of the Jedi's movie, but this could also be a platform for them in the future to set up and supplement those stories, right? So that that is a good point for, for them. Um, all right, do you want to, we've already talked for a while, but do you want to move on to the plot? So, um, the, uh, the episode starts with the saying, arrogance diminishes wisdom, and we'll talk later if that holds true, um, for the episode. So, uh, there's an outpost, uh, Republic outpost, that's been overrun. The planet of Ordo Plutonia has lost contact with the Republic. Uh, Obi-Wan and Anakin and some clone troopers arrive at the planet to establish what has happened with, along with delegates from Pantora. Ordo Plutonia is a frost planet, um, kind of very much like Hoth. Uh, snow lightly falls, but everywhere is just covered in snow. R2-D2 and C-3PO have accompanied the Jedi. Chairman Cho and Senator Chuchi, who from the Bad Batch, um, both from Pantora, come along. Obi-Wan greets them and asks them to stand back while the Jedi assess the situation. Cho immediately says uh, Pantora controls the planet and the Jedi are only there at their request and they will do what they say. So, All right, let's, let's pause here for a second. Um, so you mentioned it, but this is, this is Pantora... Yeah, it's it's um, it's a moon or a planet in their yeah, jurisdiction. It's a yeah, it's a moon, right? So so Pantora is the blue-skinned people, and you mentioned Chuchi and how he saw her in Bad Batch, but this is her first appearance mm-hmm. um, on um, on any anything, and it's played by the same actor who we see later in Bad Batch. Um, I didn't have time to do an actor summary because I was at a party before this, and so I didn't get a chance to do background on the actors. But but we've talked about um, the actor who plays Chuchi before. Um, it's Jennifer Hale. So just go back to some of our Bad Batch episodes if you're curious. So Jennifer Hale, re-download the episode, get us a, a download count. That's fine with me. Mm-hmm. Um, Anthony Daniels is playing C-3PO, of course. Um and then the uh, chairman, Chi Cho, is played by Brian George, which we've also covered in a previous episode. He is the the character actor who appears on Seinfeld as Babu and a thousand other things. You've seen him in a bunch of stuff. Um, we we talked we covered him um, in the episode Ambush. He plays the king of Toydaria. King right. Ket, okay. Kedunk, Kedunku, or whatever his name was. 
Um, and he, he later episodes, he plays Kaida Mundy um, a bunch. Um, so so just, just some, I didn't have time to do the actor thing. I just want to highlight the actors first and point out this is uh, Chuchi's first appearance. And she's a recurring character that we see again in Bad Batch. Also, this is a super hot-like planet. This, yeah. this, this is a nice, this is a snowball planet. Yeah, and, and they're setting up uh, Cho to already be kind of a, he's going to be a prick. Yeah, he's like the Rampart. Not the Rampart, but who's the guy that, that, um, who's the guy that Crosshair murders? You know what I'm talking about? Oh, the, um, the trooper? The, the, the commander who, who has them go fetch the gear on the snowball planet that almost kills Crosshair and he shoots his boss. Oh, the, yeah, that lieutenant something or other. Yeah, he's just a, He's somebody who's just used to authority, and everybody's going to do whatever this guy says. Yeah, out of the gate, out of the gate, Chu Cho is being an absolute dick, dick to everybody. He's like, he's like, like you're here because I asked you to be here. You're going to do everything I say, and I'm not going to take any guff from anybody. And Obi Wan is like doing a whole body eye roll at this guy. He's yeah. Like, All right. <laughs> like, yeah, you're in charge, dude. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You know, you always have that guy. Yeah. It's like, 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 no, we we know who's in charge. Okay, don't worry about it. You sit here, and we're gonna check everything out. And don't worry, like, you're the most important person here. You got it? Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes there's people where you just gotta like let them think they're in charge, and then just continue on. Um, my son has some friends like that. It's just like, oh, Jesus Christ. And, um, it's like, okay, just sit down. Alright, so uh, Obi-Wan and the clones go to secure the base. Um, they find that there are clone helmets on pikes. Cho said, says it is the Separatists, and Obi-Wan says probably not. Anakin, R2-D2, and C-3PO wait outside for a signal that it's safe to enter the base. Cho thinks the Separatists are building a base to attack Pantora. Rex reports, sorry, Rex reports that there is a droid base on the other side of an ice ridge. Obi-Wan and Anakin go to investigate... They arrive, um, and the droids are all deactivated and placed on pikes, just like the clone troopers. And they explore the base and see all the droids were destroyed. This is this is a great sort of like horror film, like whodunit sort of thing, where they see like look, they're not going to show like the clones impaled on pikes, but they have no trouble showing the droids impaled on pikes. And it's one of these great mirror things where it's like. Like, oh, let's, like, all of our troops are dead, and there's an enemy base, and all the enemy troops are dead, and they're all killed in the same way. And Cho's like, this is obviously a plot. Yeah. Like, how dumb are you? (laughs) Because no one's touched the technology. They're all killed with spears. Like, what do you think is happening here? Yeah, it's uh, just uh, in in our, um, just in our our normal, regular lives, there's just... uh, people who would just automatically be like like oh this thing happened well these people are obviously to blame it's like no <laughs> i don't know how you came to that conclusion but it's people who are looking for like a a reason to go to war or um just commit to some sort of action yes don't jump to conclusions <laughs> it's all propaganda yes okay so 
Um, where are we? Okay. So Anakin noticed some footprints, and Obi-Wan asked the clones to make a cast of the footprints, which I found funny because I don't remember them ever doing this in the past or afterwards. I, did, I didn't know that this was a CSI episode. Yeah, it's a wild, it's a wild line of dialogue, and I'm just like, like, how much gear do they carry? Like, do you have like a a specialized clone trooper that just goes around making casts? Because it's it's a specialized skill, especially in snow. Like, why wouldn't they just? It would. It's sci-fi. Like, why don't you just pull like a laser scanner out of your belt and like scan the footprint? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It um, is very. Um... Make sure you take a cast of that, and we're like, "What the fuck? Like, like we didn't bring plaster, yeah, like plaster um, Paris with us. Like, what? What do you think we are?" Yeah, they they bring in the uh, the, the 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 clone uh, CSI unit, and um, then like the then John Williams version of the Who plays, and then no way. I'm gonna drop it. I'm gonna drop in that song now. Yeah. They also they, they also won't they robbed, won't get fooled again. They also robbed us of the future follow-up scene where they're in the village with the towels, and the clone pulls out the mold, like the cast of the foot, and they hold it up next to the the towel's foot, and they're like, "I think we found the perpetrators." <laughs> yeah. <No! laughs> then Obi Wan just puts on some sunglasses. Yeah. Looks like you stepped in it now. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay. I should, be, I should be writing Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. I'd be the most hated Star my hated Star Wars fan. <laughs> well, they have to have a, a, a. There has to be a whole team of Republic. Uh, Republic team, and they have to have they have to have like a the the, the extra hot goth girl, um, who who happens to be a silly good slicer, and um, I don't know, I don't actually watch those shows. I do think I do think Obi Wan's dry wit is very much a David Crusoe style delivery all the time. So if anyone's going to put on shades to the who um it's gonna be obi-wan <laughs> he's always making quips yeah right now now we need a super super smash cup of obi-wan making quips and then the who song yeah <sighs> okay back on track Let's see oh um there's something i wanted to mention is that the the that the uh snow speeders that they were um that uh, you see obi-wan and anakin in yeah. Um, they very much reminded me of when I was a kid, I had a Star Wars Play-Doh set and it reminded me of like the, the little plastic X-Wing that came with it. It was just, um, I mean, it looks barely anything like an X-Wing. All right, if, this. if you played a Star Wars Play-Doh action set, um, it probably, like a lot of the pictures doesn't look quite like it. But I remember I have more like vivid memories of it playing with it, and it, and the um, the the snow speeders that they used reminded me of so much of the like the quote unquote X wing that you could stick the 
the Play-Doh action figure that you created into it. It's just like this white shell thing. Alright, I'm putting it in Skype because your description's pretty good. Yep. Did you yep, get it? That's it. Yep. That's it. It's <laughs> pretty cool. Yeah, it does look like that. It's they're a little bit more elongated, but but yeah, it's exactly as you described it. And you can get this for like not very much money on eBay. <laughs> All right. Cool. All right. Just uh, we know some people who are. Uh, cl- <laughs> Jeez, I just like looking at all the pictures you sent me, and there's a picture of a a guy in a leather daddy outfit with a ball gag in his mouth. He was some sort of like superhero or supervillain. Yeah, the worst worst superheroes. We 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 covered that on um, our Grievous's Lair episode or the one after that. I can't remember. <laughs> I just that's just one of those things that like my wife will come across and be like, "What the fuck?" Just clear your... you. <laughs> just clear. Just tell it's me. <laughs> That's texting this to me, not the other way around. <laughs> okay, so uh, Obi-Wan and Anakin watch some security footage from the base, and they see a battle droid being attacked by a furry being. Rex says the droids were exploring a nearby canyon. Obi-Wan says it's a good place to start. M- meanwhile, Cho and Chuchi are discussing the situation back at the base. Chuchi doesn't understand why he thinks that there are separatists behind the attacks. Cho flexes his authority against her. He reads his resume to her and says that even if it isn't separatists, it's an evil presence and he will fight it. Chuchi says that maybe they shouldn't jump on the military solution. Cho says he will die for his people. Will she? Yeah, this is this whole scene is just Cho flexing on Chuchi, who's he's played as like an older like like middle-aged or older statesman and she's like a child senator and it's just like a terrible conversation she's like like maybe that's not the separatist and he's like he's like what do you know idiot yeah it's like really it's very bad um the whole thing i just there it's one of these things where you have very little time to communicate that he's the bad guy and they over communicate it yeah they might as well be like drowning dogs in like a bucket while he's doing this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> More puppies to kill, please. <laughs> he's <laughs> uh, he's at uh, <laughs> they're they're testing out a jet engine, and he he's just like grabbing frozen puppies and winging them into the jet engine to make sure that that it, that it's uh, space worthy. <sighs> that is how you test that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Can't use chickens. I, I live near. Uh, I I've lived near a place like that. Okay, going going forward. So there's a there's there's a story that is told oftentimes in engineering classes, and you probably heard this about like the chicken cannon, about how to test the strength of windshields of commercial aircraft. They put a like a turkey that you would buy at a grocery store into a cannon and shoot it at an airplane at the speed an airplane would be traveling to make sure if it hit a bird in the sky the windshield wouldn't shatter there's an old probably apocryphal story about a boeing engineer who failed a bunch of windshields um because they kept exploding when faced with a turkey cannon 
And when they reviewed his work, they realized he was loading frozen turkeys into the cannon. <laughs> I know. So I, he, was, he wasn't shooting turkeys. He was shooting blocks of ice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and those fuckers going to be heavy. We um, For the scouts, we bought a bunch of um, turkeys for... Um, uh, frozen turkeys for um, a uh, charity thing. I can't imagine like <laughs> whipping one of those at the the velocity uh, a, a a jet would be going. But yeah, that was the whole premise of the joke because. I, I, yes. Uh, see, you can always count on Yubcats. You're gonna hear bad jokes, but you're also gonna learn a little bit about science and engineering or something, or history or whatever. So. There's your learning moment. Prepare for more dick and fart jokes. Yeah, don't shoot frozen turkeys at windshields. Yes. I don't have a joke for that. I was, so I was like, there's something on the tip of my tongue. All right, okay. Okay, so Obi-Wan and Anakin find the camp of the beings that attack the droid base. Obi-Wan realizes that their approach has been noticed, but they proceed to the canyon. Inside, they meet the Talls, which is a beast with four, uh, four eyes and thin snout. Um... You see one in uh, the cantina in uh, episode four. Uh, it's kind of a white, um, kind of very round head, furry, a little proboscis sort of thing. Um, so they speak a gullib- ah, guttural language, and they're led into a hut to discuss with the leader. Anakin says that they should have bought C-3PO. At least then they could discuss with him. Obi-Wan and Anakin proceed anyways. There's there's a lot of like weird dialogue in this episode, um, like the cast of the foot and things, and like this throwaway line like I wish we had C3PO with us. It's like there's nothing stopping you from bringing him. Yeah. Like like are you, like what is the point of that line, unless it's just to set up later like how useful he is. But I do want to talk about the talls for a second. So the talls you're like you called it out right. There, there was a tall talls. T-A-L-Z is the name of the alien species in the cantina. And so he is an original cantina alien, and his name is Muftak in the <laughs> cantina. That is what his name is. Um, and he was uh, he was friends with the um, Shadrafan Cabe, which is the short bat-like alien that is getting a drink at the bar um, in, in the, A New Hope mm-hmm. or Star Wars. And so so if you read the certain point of view novels, there's a story about uh, Muftak and Cabe and that, and that is where the Talls come from. They really, really wanted to take all of the aliens and flesh them out in the cartoon. And this was their opportunity to do the Talls. But I don't know if you want to talk about it here or later, um, but do you remember Tartabovsky's Clone Wars? How yeah, there, there was, was this Talls planet. Jedi. Yep. Well, there's a Tall's Jedi, but also they go to a a Tall's planet in that, and Anakin gets his tattoos. Oh yeah, his awesome tribal tattoos. Yeah, his tribal tattoos put on by the uh, um, snails that crawl all over his body mm-hmm. in a very erotic way. <laughs> He's just like, a little to the left, a little to the left. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, okay. So it made me wonder, like, why don't they just, like, radio 
3PO, and then move back and forth. It is a total throwaway line. Why don't, is, why don't they just bring his head? Or just yeah. why don't they just have a box? Yeah, they, they don't establish anything about, like, like why, other than, like, he can speak. It, let's, let's keep going, because okay. they're, they're, this, this whole worry is just, like, completely deleted in, like, the next second. Yeah. Like, we should have C-3PO with us. Never mind. <laughs> so sometime later, Obi-Wan and Anakin are allowed to leave uh, with thanks of the Tells. So, uh, back with Rex, they approach Cho. Oh, you, you skipped the. You skipped the. Oh, sorry. Uh, so, inside the hut. So inside the hut, they see a pictogram of a droid. The leader explains the droid attack. Anakin makes a pictogram of them shaking hands with the Tals to express peace. Um, it's yeah. I, I guess you can accept this, but it's like this is a completely alien civilization. You don't know what you're saying to them. Um, there's no protocol here there's nothing there's no way and they literally smash cut to like the next thing where they're hugging yeah it It makes no sense it like it reminds me back like when like Avatar first came out and it came out on DVD I went over to a friend's house and we just had like a we were all drinking and just had like had like a kind of like a running commentary of various things and then like when um when um, Jake um, kisses the the female Navi, I'm just like, "What are you doing? That's like ninth base to them, because it's just like you don't know their, their their customs. Like shaking hands could mean like we're married now, or uh, like we're going to war. It's like not universal, but in this case, we just gotta like accept it. Like, okay, we're not gonna get deep into alien cultures every they all pretty much do exactly the same i remember there's this i think it was star trek enterprise there was an alien that didn't like who was disgusted by the fact that they ate together right and even though he ate out of his mouth too it was rude to eat in the presence of another person Mm -hmm. and that yeah that's a really good example because they didn't know why he was offended and he was just disgusted by them because they cut up food and put it in their mouth in front of other people. And it, like to his culture, they'd be like watching someone have intercourse. Yeah, right? or pooping. It's, it's, yeah, or yeah, exactly, or, or defecating, right? Because it's so easy to draw that con- connection because like that's something that our culture like doesn't want to be public, and it's just the other end of that same process. Right? It, really, if you think about it, your food is just pre-poop. Yeah, I could just imagine that culture, like the, like the food, like the, the food channel is like their version of porn, where, where it's just like like a young youth is like looking around to make sure his parents aren't around, and shows uh, like uh, people preparing and eating food like together, and he's just like, oh yeah. At this point, at this point, the Food Network is my version of porn. Be like, be like, oh, you're gonna make some fried chicken? Nice. <laughs> I even enjoy watching people make food, but you ever notice the Food Network is far more interesting when you're hungry? When you're full, you're like, this is stupid. But when you're hungry, the Food Network's like porn. You're like, oh yeah. Um, my fam- my family watches the. British, I guess the British baking show with the with um I don't I don't 
I don't know who he is. The the I guess he he's supposedly a British comedian. He looks like he's an old rock star. Um, I've never seen it because I don't believe in the premise of a TV show that gives British people awards for cooking. Yeah, I I don't well, and I don't believe in British people. So I I every time they put it on, I'm like, what is this filth? And I proceed to go upstairs and watch Star Wars. Yeah. Because that's real. More grounded in reality. <laughs> yes. Br- British people, what? <laughs> they live on an island, and and they controlled most of the world at one point? Right. Yeah, and then they have a, they have a council, and they vote one person off the island every day. <laughs> so back with Rex, they approach Cho and tell him that the planet is inhabited. Cho denies this and says that there must be that they must be trespassers. Obi Wan says this is obviously a pre-space uh, travel civilization. Uh, they were probably there before Pantora. Uh, Cho says that they they belong to the Pantorans. Chuchi says the Senate must decide. Cho is angry. He says that he will go to war with them. This is just yeah, just more just like. You would think it's saber rattling, but he's actually like, he's actually willing to, uh, to fight. Versus a lot of times, people will be like, "Yeah, well, let's go to war," but they're like, "Okay, you first, and then be like, "Whoa, no, thanks." No, yeah, I, he he jumps from like, like there's no one here to well, we own these people very quickly. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I I watched it a few times, and there there was a couple of watches where I'm like does he know that they're there and he's just like trying to deflect and get everyone to leave? And I was like, no, I think I landed on, he probably doesn't know that they're there, but once his, like, once the knowledge is present, he takes a super hard line. Well, they belong to me sort of attitude. And it's so strange. Do you think he knew ahead of time that it was an inhabited planet or not? Hmm. I don't know. Because he's so willing to he's so willing to just pin it on the um the separatists. And then then once that's ruled out, and he's like, "Well, fuck, they so they're they're subjects to the Pantorans or whatever, so they belong to um I, I don't know. I don't. Th- I don't think he knew, which is weird. How do you not know like what's in your backyard? He was so insistent. He's like, we know it's not inhabited. We have scouts that have searched this planet. Like, like we know that they're not he- that no one's here. And if there is somebody here, they're trespassing. And they're like, no, they're real. And he's like, all right, fine. Then we own them. <laughs> it's like it's like he had he had. He had such a strong competence in his position, and given like the thinnest amount of evidence in the form of testimony from a witness, he's just like, "All right, fine. We sure they they live here, but they're part of us. Like we own them. They work for us. Like and and if they don't like that, then we'll kill them." Well, it's very much the the imperialists, kind of colonials, where they just land someplace. Like, okay, this is mine now. Uh, and all of you belong to me, um, are, are subjects of the king or queen or whatever. And it's like, no, 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 that's not how it works. 
Um, but uh, let's see. Um, Cho says that they're trespassers and animals, that they're not covered by the convention of civilized systems. Chuchi and Cho disagree, but Cho pulls rank. Obi-Wan says that they need to leave now to meet with the Tals. Cho wants to declare war on the Tals for the attack on the base, but the Jedi don't think that that's wise. This is the other piece that... There's a lot that happens off-screen in this episode, and I get it. But this is the piece where it's like the Obi-Wan and Anakin can come back, and they're like, good news, we set up a meeting with you and these people. And Joe's like, I'm not doing that. Let's just go kill them all. And Obi-Wan's like, no, in fact, we're late for that meeting. So let's go. Yeah. Right? And, like, they leave this meeting without resolving Cho's bloodlust. So I know I'm a, a line ahead in the notes, but, like, Joe shows up to this meeting and is like, like, okay, so we're ready to kill these fools? Yeah. Well, I, I, like, <laughs> He has no desire to meet with them, and, and Obi-Wan's just like, no, come, come on, let's go talk with them. Well... The fact that he's like trying to like order Rex, uh, order Rex and his men around, and 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 Rex is like fairly diplomatic and like, but he's just like, um, I don't answer to you. Yeah, exactly. He's like, he's like, well, let's let's go to the next line or let's go to the next paragraph because we'll talk about what happens. But um, I, I'm just saying, like, they, they have no conversation with Cho or try to talk him down prior to this meeting. Because all of this conversation happens off screen. Everyone's like, actually, we're going to be late if we don't leave right now. And chose to, like, 100% hard to kill these guys. He's like, he's like, let's just fucking do this. Like, yeah, let's go meet these guys and kill them. He's like, like, you don't walk into a meeting like this with anybody. Right? You don't have an objective here. You're not even controlling your own people. Right? This guy is clearly in the wrong. They could have gone... Anyway, let's let's... We're, I'm getting to the end, sorry. Yeah, no, that's okay. Delegation leaves for the meeting. Cho orders the troops to set up for an ambush. Obi-Wan says there will be no battle, and Cho challenges him. Obi-Wan points out that they were followed there by the scouts from the Tals, and that they're already surrounded. A battle makes no sense. So Tals uh, stand up from the snow. Anakin orders the men to stand down and not to do anything that provokes a response from the Tals. They enter the lair... To, oh, the leader of the Tals, the C-3PO translating. Cho immediately says the Tals have no rights. Yeah, this is... This is, like, super hubris on his part. It's just like... Um, like, like I said before, like the... Like, um... The kinky store is coming in, except there's only just one guy. And he'd be like, yeah, I own all this now. And they're just like... I don't think what part of you're surrounded and outgunned you're not understanding the, your place in this situation yeah I this this meeting makes no sense to me right and I, I was starting to rant about it a second ago um, but this meeting should never happen right they if they know that he's going to walk in and say this shit to these people this is the opposite of de-escalation Right. This is confrontation. This is causing the problem, mm-hmm. and it is one hundred percent the wrong thing to do in this in this instance. Yeah. And so he is, like, by by setting up this meeting between Cho and the chieftain Tyson, Obi Wan causes this conflict. 
because he he can choose at any one of these moments to say like oh this is an internal matter let's take it back to your government yeah yeah let's have a conversation with your government because you're 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 a right ass right yeah now. yeah obi-wan uh obi-wan's manager is going to have a long talk with him about uh about his his uh his handling of situations yeah, this sucks. This sucks for everybody. This sucks yeah. for Obi-Wan. It sucks for the Tows. Like, people die. Like, people are killed because of this interaction. And it didn't have to happen. Like, Obi-Wan forces this issue, and it didn't have to happen at all. It's such a wild plot. But anyway, let's keep going. Yeah. I, a quick question. Like, they're an unknown species, yet C-3PO can, is able to translate? Just... Is, are we kind of working on the kind of the whole Ewok kind of thing where like they don't doesn't know the exact language but a lot of la- like some language similar pieces or similar languages uh, can be kind of like um, you know can kind of, you can kind of suss it out honestly like 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 a lot of the Indian guys that I work with they all speak different languages but there there's enough kind of to get them so that they can communicate uh with each other um or just like he's just analyzing what they're saying that it says oh it just sounds kind of like this and this and then he just kind of figures it out or they just happen to have tells in there yeah that's one of his six million forms of communication Darmrock and Tanag. <laughs> Tanag. Yeah, Tanag or whatever. It's yeah, it's it's that right. It's universal language translator or universal translator logic, right? Anything, um, anything that isn't like insane, he can probably parse out just using his his uh logic, right? Mm-hmm. And then it's the same. It's the same idea, and like. Star Trek, right? Darmok and Jalad at Tanagra. Darmok and Jalad at Tanagra. Um, eventually, you come across a species where their language is so con- convoluted and worthless that there's no parallel to it. Um, but yeah, it, I had that thought too. It's like, like, well, I guess they did it with the Ewoks, so I guess this is allowed. Yeah, or they do it with a like you have to have it's this episode I keep saying it just has a bunch of dead end dialogue and they established earlier like it would be way easier if we had C-3PO with us okay have him with you right now you do it's like okay and now he can magically translate one to one but just like why like you don't have to establish this fact with him he's just your universal translator right okay so 3PO says that the chieftain Thysen welcomes Cho to his home and hopes that he comes in peace Cho isn't having any of this he tells C-3PO to challenge that he's a savage and the planet belongs to Pantora no one will order him to leave this planet or any planet and C-3PO translates. Obi-Wan is upset with Cho, but he dismisses Obi-Wan. Um, Tyson sa- says the Pantorans 
need to leave or they will declare war. Cho says, war it is, Everyone and everyone leaves. Cho orders the troopers around. Anakin says the clones have to protect the chairman. The Jedi asks Chuchi to ask the Jedi to intervene on the Tal's behalf. Chuchi says that she can ask for someone to do it for her. Uh, meanwhile, Cho is being evacuated from the area, but the Tal's are pursuing them. Cho orders the clones to fire on the Tal's, but they are ambushed. The clones are surrounded and defend themselves as the best they can, but the Pantoran guards and clones are easily being overwhelmed by the Tal's forces. I want to be super clear here. Um, the Tal's are using spears. Mm-hmm. And the clones are armed like clones, but there's only a dozen of them. Right? There's maybe there's maybe like 13 or 14 clones in this detachment. Because they established earlier, I didn't put it in the notes, that, that it's snowing too hard for them to fly the troop transports right now. And so they can only send the ones that can fit on speeder bikes. They are not equipped to face off with Tau's who are hiding in the snow and sniping at them <laughs> as they drive by. Right? They are wildly outmatched. This is not a fair fight, and Cho chose this fight. And Mattel's were like, all right, idiot. Like, you want to die in the snow? Cool. <laughs> like, like, if you have nothing to offer them, right? They were happy before they met you. They just want you to leave. And if leave could be like, I could bring you in cold or I can bring you in warm, you know? Yeah. It's, it's one of those moments where it's like, we don't care if you're alive or dead. You should have taken the first offer, which was to leave. It's, it's wild. Yeah, yeah, it's like uh, Cho doesn't uh, the character of Cho doesn't seem to understand the he doesn't he doesn't have any situational awareness he maybe because he's just he's meant to be like just have a ton of hubris, hubris and be kind of out of touch he he doesn't realize that like he's 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 like where he's he doesn't realize that he's wearing the uh, the jersey of the rival uh, of the rival team. Um, in the bar favored by fans of the the home team, right? Like, he, yeah, he's he's behind enemy lines. Yeah, right. He's deep behind enemy lines, and he negotiated a, to begin a war. And they're like, they're like, you have to like, like we live here. You get yeah. this? Like, like we obviously evolved to hide here. Yeah, right. And there's. I love the moment where they stand up out of the snow and they're just like surrounded and the towels are completely nonplussed by the existence of all these troopers because they just stand up and they're surrounding them and they, they're literally like shrugging the, the snow off of their shoulders like they don't care. Like you have, you're so outgunned with these quote unquote primi- primitives. It's a joke. Yeah. I love it. I love it. I do. Yeah. It's like, it's more an analogy. It's like walking into a Boston bar wearing a Yankees hat and t- start talking about how much the the Red Sox suck. You know, precisely. It's like um, you, you're gonna. <laughs> this isn't gonna end well for you. <laughs> and the and the people with that person have to be. They're like, well, fuck. Now we gotta fight. Uh, okay. Thanks so, for making it a sports metaphor, so I understood it. Yeah. Sports ball, catch the magic. So, um, <clears throat> so uh, Obi Wan and uh, Obi Wan and Anakin ask Chuchi how she will make peace with the Tals. She asks Obi Wan to do it, but Obi Wan refuses. He tells her this is a Pantoran problem and they need to solve it, which I understand. But at the same time, it's kind of like 
is now the best time for a lesson? Um, and then back with the... Obi-Wan's like, I set up this meeting between these two factions that precipitated this war, but this is your problem yeah. to solve. <laughs> uh, I have no responsibility here at all. In fact, I'm my fantasy football draft is about to start, and <laughs> if I'm not there, I, I, I get an auto-draft, and that's just going to suck for me. So I'm actually busy for the next, like, two hours, so why don't you do it? Yeah. <laughs> so, okay, so back with the clones, they, now they're backed up against a cliff. The remaining clothes move to defend Cho, who is unconscious, but they're outnumbered and unequipped to fight in the snow. A troop transport shows up carrying clones, Obi-Wan, Anakin, and Chuchi. They all see the dead clones. Rex is injured. Eleven clones are dead total, and the rest are injured, including the chairman. Chuchi goes to talk to Cho. He orders her to destroy the towels to avenge him. Chuchi tells him that he's out of order and she has to negotiate peace. She pretty much went behind his back and got the the senator the like their the Pantoran council to be like no this guy's fucking it up like he's like he's voted no confidence whatever you want to call it to be like he's out um um let's see said so Cho says he'll never support peace Cho dies and Chuchi has to negotiate peace with the Tals 3PO goes to, uh with Chuchi and she meets with Thai Sen uh, 3PO translates uh, as she says to die for one's people is a great sacrifice to live for one's people is a greater sacrifice she will live for her people and what does um, what does Thaisen uh, choose she sticks a spear in the snow and Thaisen does the same uh, this is assembling, um, symbolizing throwing down arms I suppose Chuchi says that the Tals can have the planet and that they are sovereign Obi-Wan congratulates Chuchi, tells her to remember to make peace last. Obi-Wan reads some more fortune cookies, and they take off. The end. I found the ending of this episode to be very clunky, because Obi-Wan is, like, reading platitudes to them. But, all right, let's get into it, just so we can get our get our recording done, since we're pretty long. Um, did you like it? I liked it overall. I mean, it's not the best episode, but... Yeah, there's a lot to like here. Um, I, I gave it a hard time for some writing issues and for some, like, the whole plot with, like, Obi-Wan technically caused this conflict and he just, like, steps aside at the end. But I don't hate it. I, yeah. I, it's it's a perfectly serviceable episode. I love going to a new planet. I love seeing the backstory for the Talls. I love that the Talls win because um, that's, that's cool. And um, I just texted you a photo. Um, oh. Sexy photo. I like the idea of Pantorans. Um, and you may or may not remember, but in Revenge of the Sith, George Lucas appears in the movie as a Pantoran. Oh, that's right. And I just texted you a figure, a uh, picture of his action figure. Um, and so these are, and obviously we get more stuff with Chuchi in the future. Um, so it's a great, it's a good episode. Like, there's, yeah, there's a lot to like here. The villain is a little bit mustache twirling um, for my tastes, but you have 20 minutes. Yeah. Right. So you have to establish like who you're rooting for and who you're not. So yeah, overall pretty good. Um, what'd you think about the portrayal of the Talls? Um, I, th- I thought it was good. Um, 
um, that they're just they're a, a snow species, and like you said, that they just hide pretty much in the snow. I like the way that they looked, but that was they they were already like designed. They just expanded upon it. Yeah, they made them thinner and like a little bit more live than Muftak is seen. He's seen like as a a big like stocky. I don't know, stocky, but like a big like linebacker style alien who's just huge and looks heavy. They made these aliens like a little thinner and a little bit more like like mobile looking. Mm-hmm. I I really like the cartoon design though. I think I think it it's far superior than the A New Hope design of this alien. Yeah, and I think I really like the idea of them having this. Social structure and all of these other other pieces to them that we see, and yeah, the the concept of this planet was supposed to be like totally ice. It's basically a one hundred percent ice planet, and the design team talks a lot in interviews about like how Hoth was basically a snow covered planet, um, but you could still see like mountain ranges and rocks this planet was supposed to be just ice right and so you don't see any natural terrain ever you just see glaciers and things mm-hmm. um, and so I thought that worked as a planet I like I like snowy planets I think TV doesn't do snow a whole lot usually but I think that I think they did a really good job they actually used snow as a indicator of the level of danger in this episode when they land on the planet it's lightly snowing as they learn about the um, droid base with the over the ridge it starts snowing harder when they're meeting with the when they're driving into the valley where the towels are it's snowing when they're leaving the meeting with the towels and everything is cool it's not snowing and then when the battle starts, it starts snowing hard. And when Chuchi negotiates the peace, the snow stops again. And so the snow is a tool that they use to to communicate the stakes of the episode throughout the episode. Yeah. Um, I think I think it works. Yeah. Did they ever really explain why they attacked the um, the Republic outpost and like the droid outpost? So, yeah, so the explanation in the plot was not super explicit, but Obi-Wan glances over it. He says that it looks like the droids found the village and attacked the Tals, and the Tals, in retaliation, destroyed the base, and then, for good measure, destroyed the clone base. So, Obi-Wan says something like, it looks like the droids attacked them, were destroyed, and our base got caught in the crossfire. Something like that. Oh, that's that's right. Yeah, and they... so and so the, there's no explicit exploration of that motive, but it seems reasonable. Right. Right. Okay. I'm I'm willing to accept that just because they don't. It just seemed like well, there's a bunch of clones that died, but nobody really says anything about them. Like, but that's kind of where that came from. Yeah. Like it's it sucks, right? But that's but that's sort of the attitude toward the clones at this point in the series. 
Or it's like, yeah, we lost 11 clones for no reason. Right. Yeah, it's just like, um, yeah, I just lost my, we lost a bunch of, we lost a crate of canteens. Um, but, oh well, we'll just get some new ones. Yeah, and then the whole, like, pound your swords into plows sort of thing um, is, like you said, the end of the episode. I like that you're establishing Chuchi as this compassionate and thoughtful character, and that is useful later, right? As she's investigating what's happening to the decommissioned clone army, I I really think that they nailed her character, like, right out of the gate. Mm-hmm. Any thoughts on Chuchi? Um, no, no, she did, uh, she did good. Um, not much else to say other than what you've already said. What about the Jedi fortune cookie? Do you want to go over that? Uh, sure. Um, yeah, I think it, I think this one is actually pretty apt because Cho was super arrogant. He's just like trying to order everybody, trying to order everyone around, and then just trying to immediately go to war instead of trying to understand what exactly is happening, and he, he paid the ultimate price for it. Yeah, I agree. Like. Arrogance diminishes wisdom is the quote. Um, this is the character this applies to the most is Cho. Um, and he comes right out of the gate. Super arrogant, super unwilling to compromise. Um, can't see any reason at all to work with the towels or try to figure out whether or not they were there first. He he invokes like the... Um, What's it, like a civilized systems, whatever he, whatever that that term was. Um, yeah, it's like the it? convention for civilized systems, or yeah, the convention of civilized systems. This is actually the first mention of that, but apparently it gets mentioned a bunch of other times in other media. Um, and it's basically like the idea: if you come across a planet that's occupied, you gotta leave it alone. Like, like it's up to those aliens or that those people that live on that planet to decide how they want to live. Right, you can't own them. Right? Yeah, it's, it's it's their version of like I guess first contact or um, the prime directive. Yeah, I think uh, I think that's probably pretty close. So, but he's just like like a lot of um, people in history. It's like, well, they don't really count as <laughs> they're, they're they're savages. They don't really count. Um, so the rules don't actually count for them, so we can kill them and take their shit. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, I don't have a lot of trivia for this episode. Do you have anything? There, the only thing I have is that Anakin, when he's talking with Chuchi, Anakin doesn't get a lot to do in this episode. There's literally like a scene where he's told to wait outside, and he just waits outside. But there is a, a conversation he has with Chuchi where he says, Most impressive which is obviously what he says to Luke at some point. Yeah, I did um I did like the fact that like they were um like you see the uh the clone snow uh snow gear is very similar to what you see the snow troopers wearing. Um the um I don't want to say Han, but uh Anakin and uh Obi-Wan are wearing um outfits that very much look like uh what the rebels were wearing uh, in um, on Hoth in uh, Empire Strikes Back, and they specifically give them different colors. And 
Anakin looks very much kind of like Han because he's wearing that blue, uh, kind of like the, the darker navy blue. Well, uh, Obi-Wan looks a little bit more like Luke with uh, the, you know, the lighter colors. Yeah, that's a good call. Um, the the designers and animators were talking a lot about the frill, like the like the fur around the head, and how they couldn't quite render the fur yet, and so they made it like a solid piece that sort of just undulates in the wind. But they said they they intentionally made it look like made it to look like the Hoth jacket that um, Harrison Ford was wearing, and the the clone trooper design. That's a really good call out. This is the first time in the series we see um, winterized clones, and it's it's based on the early concept art from Empire Strikes Back um, by Macquarie, Joe Johnson, and John Mallow. Um, yeah, and so it looks a lot like the the snowtroopers that invade the Hoth base, but slightly different and very clonified. I, I really like the design a lot. Yeah, all I could think about was like looking at Rex's um, like, like uh, gear and like his helmet. Um, and all I could think is like, Jesus, you got to keep two. Um, like every time there's a new um, mission that requiring new armor, you have to keep like you have to put all the same designs on the on the new armor. Do you think they were painting their armor on the way? <laughs> yeah, it's just like it's like shit, 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 shit. Like, like just trying to do it, make it look nice. I'm I'm just worried about that blaster cast trooper. <laughs> be like, be like, did you bring the plaster Paris? Shit! Yeah. I left it on the ship. We're not going to make casts of any footprints on this mission, right? And we're like, well, you we better hope not. Yeah, or it's your ass. <laughs> <laughs> Goes back to the quartermaster. Can I have some more plaster Paris? <laughs> Um, all right, I don't have a whole lot of other trivia here. I didn't. I didn't get to do my super deep dive on stuff. There's a whole thing about um, when C-3PO is translating. He's translating that um, C-3PO calls Tyson the son of sons, and this is apparently, although I've never heard this before, it is a reference to an early draft of the first Star Wars movie where. Um, Lucas wanted one of the characters, like Luke, to be described as the son of sons. But apparently that is a frequent Easter egg in the background of Star Wars. And some people claim that the crowd on Naboo in the celebration uh, at the end of of, um, The Phantom Menace are yelling son of sons, son of sons. But apparently that is a controversial thought. So... Hmm. I don't know if this is... I didn't get to do any further research on this, but it is a strange little Easter egg, apparently, that shows up in Star Wars sometimes. It's this phrase, Son of Sons. But cool. I don't have anything else, so if you want to move on to the rating, we can move on to the rating. Yeah, yeah, let's do that. So, um, how we rank an uh, episode is we use a... Uh, character from Star Wars, so a really good episode would be an original trilogy character, Han, Luke, Leia, Vader, Chewie, so on. A really bad episode would be... I thought of a good one the other day. Can I use it? Oh, yeah. Okay, go for it. The four-armed line cook from the droids episode. 
Remember the guy, like the prototypical Dexter Jetster who's oh. in the cafe? Yeah, okay. I don't think he has a name. Yet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, so, Matt, what's your uh, ranking for this episode? I think for me, I like the episode, but I don't think it's super important. Um, and like I said, there's some writing stuff I don't like about it, and I don't like Obi-Wan just being a dick in the episode and sidelining Anakin and things like that. So I think I'm going to... It's a good episode, though. I think I'm going to give it like a Cut Laquane because it's sort of a take it or leave it. Cut Laquane has a cool arc, and I like the character a lot. He's the he's one of the Defector clones. Um, and it this this episode to me is about building the depth of the, of the universe. That's what it's doing. It's giving us a lot of context. It's giving us a lot to think about. It's showing a new alien or an old alien in a new way. So yeah, Cut Laquane. It's a fun episode. Um, you can skip it if you want, but like, there's cool stuff in here. Um, what did you give it? Um, I'm gonna give it the. Um, I was gonna give it the bartender from uh, the uh, the cantina. This very just kind of like, ah, eh, it's forgettable. I'm sure he probably has a name. I don't remember it. Um, has it? Has, Were her? Or her? <laughs> What's his name? War her. Okay. W U H E R. Hey, we don't serve their kind here. Yeah, I mean, like he says a couple things that are interesting as far as like, like the droids not being able to come in. Um, but other than that, it's just kind of like, eh, all right, it's not the. It's not going to be one that's going to be replayed in my mind over and over again. That will be discussed ad nauseum about. Oh, what did this mean? What did this mean? So, yep, that's mine. Um, All right, can we move on to the die roll and then talk about what we're going to do next time? Sure. We'll let the fate decide. I just happen to have a chance to be here. Blue, it's the boy. Red, his mother. All right, so at the end of every episode of Clone Wars, I roll a d20, and if I roll a 1, our next episode, we will review a 1985 uh, Ewoks cartoon. Um, And if I roll any other number, we will review the next episode in Clone Wars, and that episode is the Blue Shadow Virus, the microbiology episode. Actually, I really Uh, like that episode a lot. Um, spoiler alert. So I'm going to record the roll, and I'm going to roll it real quick. Ready? Yep. I rolled a five. So next episode we will review is Clone Wars episode. It is season one. Um, season one, episode 17, Blue Shadow Virus. Uh, so that's it for us this week. Well, plays out. Cool. All right. Thank you for downloading and listening to this episode. We would also like to thank Jordan White for the use of his cover of Yub Nub as our intro and outro music. Please refer to the show notes for photos, clips, and links from this episode. Side effects from listening to Yubcast may include dizziness, dry mouth, a sense of confusion, and decreased sex drive. Serious side effects may include speaking in Ewok, speculating the origins of prequel characters, and wondering why two grown men discuss children's cartoons on the internet. 
For a complete list of side effects or to complain about the show, please visit us on Twitter at Yubcast or drop us an email at noochbaderproductions at gmail.com. Thanks again. We'll see you again next week with a new episode. Yubcast is not affiliated with Lucasfilm or the Walt Disney Company. Star Wars, its characters, and creations are the property of Lucasfilm and its parent company, the Walt Disney Company. Yubcast is intended for entertainment and informational purposes only.